Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. What I'm, what I'm going to show you right now, you've never heard this before, but it's in your Bible, and when I show it to you, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, it's there. And it's one of those things that if it ever breaks off in your spirit, man, your adversary, the devil, is defeated. In every venue of your life, if you get a hold of this in your spirit today, uh, the Bible says in the book of Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 9, For in Him, in Christ, in Him, that's Jesus He's speaking about, the Apostle Paul, this is Paul's great revelation that, he, uh, that God gave him that he revealed. It was not revealed in the Old Covenant, but Paul revealed this, and in all 13 of his books, he writes about this topic some way. Uh, he says, For in him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in Him. He is the head of all principality and power. Look at verse 9 again. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Go up to verse 8 just for a moment. So beware. Sometime when you read in the Scriptures, I think it's, it almost helps us because it's in English going from Greek to English. It's easier for us to almost read it backwards. Sometime when you begin to see uh, it's like going to the end of a book and reading the back of the book and then you just read it backwards that direction to understand how that last chapter was. Well, occasionally there are scriptures in the Bible, especially when you get over in like Romans chapter 8. Sometimes it's powerful to do that there. But you'll notice right here in verse 8, he says, So beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men after the rudiments of the world are the ways of the world, but not after Christ, not after the anointed one and his anointing. Verse 9, here's the reason that you should beware of the doctrines of the world, bad religions, philosophy and thought that's contrary to the anointing, the power and the person of God and Christ which is not Jesus' name, it's His title. He is the Anointed One. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. He's the one who God sent in flesh for us, His own Son. Because in Him dwelleth all the Godhead bodily. In Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians and he writes in Philippians and he writes in Colossians, he talks about, for instance, that Jesus came to fill all things. And the Bible right here uses the word fullness. And the word fullness, listen to this now, don't get distracted. It's the word plaru. And it's an Greek word, and it literally means the maximum capacity. Totality, complete, full. It says, for in Jesus dwelled the, the plaru, the, the, the maximum, the fullness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
there are three, the Bible says, and the three are one. I'm not trying to do some Godhead doctrine, doctrine. I'm just talking about the Bible for a moment because it's important you hear what that means for you. Jesus came, the Christ, the Son of the living God, He came, put on humanity, and packed in all of the Godhead inside of Himself. Oh, hallelujah. The next time the devil tells you you're weak and you don't have any capacity, or the next time you believe the lie that might have been sold to you from the time you were born, that you have your limitations, you know. Well, that's true, but you're not limited by your limitation if you have an understanding of the capacity that God will put in you. In Him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now watch this. And you, come on, somebody shout me. me. Verse 10. And you are complete in Him. You are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now, get this in your spirit real strong. It says, you are complete in Him. He's the fullness, and you've been completed in Him. Can I just read this to you? Y'all doing all right? The word complete right here is the word P-L-E-R-O-O, pleru. There's a pleru, there's a pleros, there's pleroma. There are numerous words and they all mean basically the same thing, but they have a little connotation that's a little bit different. This is out of Strong's uh, Concordance. You can read it anytime you want. It's very real. And so the scripture says, you are complete in him. And the word complete is the word pleru. And the word pleru, listen to this. Woo, I love this. It means to cram and pack and stuff it in, fill it up to the maximum. If He's the fullness of all things, and you and I are complete when we are in Him, that means you're not some weak little... We're not doormats. We're not just out here at the mercy uh, of life and, and just kind of the punching bag for the devil. But, you know, we got saved and we're on the way to heaven. And, and I remember when I, when I wasn't living for Jesus, it was so much easier. Life was so much easier. No, that's a lie. You've just forgotten. And you've not learned how to use what God did when you were born again and filled with His Spirit. He crammed the fullness of Himself into you. No wonder he says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Can I get a better amen? amen? Now, the reason this is so important is because unless you get a hold of that and learn how to begin to cooperate with what God has crammed, I'm telling you, Strong says C-R-A-M, to cram and pack in. It doesn't just mean I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I spoke in tongues one time and oh, it was a great experience. We need to have an encounter. We need to have an experience. Sure, you need to have an encounter and have an experience. But I'd like to tell you that God sewed up the hole in the bottle. He completed you. And we're not supposed to be leaking out the power. 
Because when you were filled, uh, saved, you got in Him. He got in you. Paul called Him the hope of glory. And it suddenly, uh, when that revelation comes, changes the way you think, what you think your capacity is, what you think you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and refusing to be defeated in life. Because God has crammed Himself His power, His glory, His Spirit on the inside of you. You see, we think we think a lot of times it's just like the little dove that came upon Jesus when He was in the water. Kumbaya, my love. Whatever. When you got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, you got a power pack on the inside of you. You got maximized up. If you don't know it, it won't make any difference. Hallelujah. But if you know it, you begin to cooperate with it. Now, the reason this is so important is in Mark chapter 5. If you were here Wednesday night, I spoke a minute on this Mark 5. There was a man in Mark chapter 5 who had given himself over to the devil and he had 6,000 demons. Everyone say 6,000. How many of you have read that story? Get that message. Watch that message online. Download it or something from a Wednesday night. I'm not going to do the whole message again, but I just want you to hear this. I start reading this and I'm thinking, wait a minute. I've read this for 60 years nearly. 6,000 demons. Just how much capacity is in the spirit of a man anyway? If before I was made a new vessel and a new container, for that new wine of the Holy Ghost, for that fullness that's supposed to complete or cram in me, if before I had the capacity to have 6,000 demons potentially, because there's a man that had it, my God, how, how big of a capacity is in your inner man? Well, when you become a new creation in Christ, God says there's going to be more for you than there ever was against you. The greater one's going to be in you, not out here. Not only am I just going to give you a little dose of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to cram you full of my power and my glory and my revelation and the fullness that's in me, I'm going to complete you with it. If you are in me and I am in you, the hope of glory. Oh, hallelujah. So the next time you feel weak and and incapable and and maybe just not where you, uh, I'm just not sure how we're going to do it. Look, everybody goes through that moment of trepidation sometimes, but just make sure you just get the mind of Christ and you start realizing that God says, I can maximize everything you need. Uh, There is a fullness and it was completed in Christ and I'm going to put it in you and that is the expectation of the glory of God, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. If you ever get a bad report because of your health, you just rise up and say, now this body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and I have been crammed full of healing anointing. The Spirit of God, the greater one's living on the inside of me. And I'm going to activate that by the words of my mouth, the actions of my hand, and the faith in my spirit. Hallelujah. 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 
Probably the greatest day in your life is the day you realize there's a lot more to you than what you're looking at in a mirror. God did not create you just to make you a nominal human. Uh, Adam was made right up to you and me today, the offspring. We are made to be in Christ and Him in us. Now the very thought staggers the mind of some people because they just want to hear, I'm okay, you're okay. The problem is you're not without Jesus. But when He gets in you, oh, hallelujah. That's why Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you power. Come on, somebody shout power. power. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means destroy you. That's a powerful, powerful word. Jesus wasn't playing around that day when he was teaching. He said, behold, the word behold is a a beautiful word. You'd really like it in Greek. But anyway, it's one of these words that means, wow, pay attention. It's amazing what I'm about to say to you. Get a hold of this. This is the most stunning thing you guys have ever heard. That's what Jesus was saying when he said, in, 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 in King James, it just says, behold. He says, get this one down, get it good, write it down, start using it, live by it. Let this be foundational in your revelation. Behold, I give you power. It's the Greek word exousia. Uh, We use the term authority. It means a delegated authority. Behold, I give you authority. King James says power. To tread, and one translation says, to walk on the top of. It literally talks about a position and an action. Like to be elevated, to be on top of, and to just walk forward. That means in life, there are plenty of serpents. The serpent is a type of the attack of the devil. Scorpions are those things that sting and harm and try to set you back and frighten. Uh, That serpent's kind of hidden and all of a sudden you just kind of sneak up on that, it seems like. Or it sneaks up on you or you accidentally stumble into it. And it's something that you wish you had not got involved with, but it could be deadly. It could certainly be harmful. That's called of the devil, of the enemy. And Jesus said, get a hold of this, guys. I give you power, I give you authority to turn that into your stepping stone. Come on, guys, it's not your setback. Are you listening? Come on, you got it? It's your your setup. It's your step up. You say, oh, I just don't know how I'm going to survive this. I do. You're going to step on top of it in Jesus' name. You're going to keep on going. It talks about forward. Uh, In the Greek, it's the term for a forward motion. Like to step up, moving forward. Woo, hallelujah. He said, I give you authority to move forward. I was in the Air Force. And when I was in the military, we'd be out and we'd be standing at attention. And sometimes they'd let us stand, you know, at ease, but we'd be right there at attention. And if they put you at a brace, you had to stand there at a brace the whole time. How many of you guys were in the military? Y'all know what I'm saying? You had to stand there. It didn't make any difference. If a fly got on your nose or a spider got on your nose, you better not reach up and swat it off because you'd have thought you started World War III. You're just supposed to stand there. 
until that drill instructor with the authority tells you to go forward. When he tells you to go forward, you start taking that step. Jesus, the head of the church, the commander-in-chief of the Lord's embattled forces, has given you authority to go forward in life by stepping right on the top of everything that's trying to hurt you or destroy you, discourage you, hold you back. And God says, now look, if you think it's a little bit uh, too much, just remember I have crammed into you all of my glory, all of my power. Loose it, release it by faith. That's why praying in tongues is so important. That's why confessing the word is so important. Paul and Silas are in prison in the midnight hour. They begin to worship and praise in the, not complain, worship and praise in the midnight hour and the power and the glory of God got released that was crammed on the inside of them. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Doesn't make any difference who you are. Doesn't make any difference how old you are, how young you are. That's what's in you, the Bible says. Releasing it. That's why we lay hands on sick people. We believe God for that. Sometimes you lay hands on yourself. You ever laid hands on yourself? Well, I just lay hands on myself sometimes. Sickness try to come upon me. I just lay hands on myself in the name of Jesus. I tell that sickness, go from my body. This body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. The chief carpenter of the universe built this body. He's the master contractor of all things. Can I have a better hallelujah? hallelujah? Lord, would you just come and work on this building you built right here a little bit? Because it's got some aches and pains it's not supposed to have. It's your temple. The Holy Spirit lives in here. Glory to God. Come on, reach over and touch two or three people and say, man, you're crammed full of anointing. Come on, tell them that. You are crammed full. You are crammed full of anointing. One time Jesus, Mark chapter 5, Matthew chapter 8, and Luke chapter 8, three times in the synopsis of the the, the four gospels, here's three of them, tells the story. Jesus is coming into a a place called uh, Gennesaret. Uh, where the uh, where the Gadarenes were, and there was a tomb there. The scripture says, and as Jesus sails right into a graveyard, always thought that was an interesting thing. Crosses the lake and goes to a graveyard. Listen, our God knows how to mess up a funeral. <laughs> oh, hallelujah! It can look like pain and suffering and all of that and loneliness. I've been in them. I don't mind telling you. I've experienced it myself. And hell will try to keep you tacked down and nailed down with that pain. And you let Jesus get involved with that and he will lift the heavy burden. Oh, hallelujah. And instead of seeing what you've lost, you suddenly begin to see what they have gained. Woo, glory to God. The reality of heaven. What a joy. Oh, glory to God. One old preacher many years ago looked like he was about to die and they, they had him in a room and had a place all, had the blinds closed down and the curtains pulled and, and the light turned down real dim and, 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 and it, was, you know, it wasn't going to be long. You could tell he was an elderly gentleman. 
He kind of came out of a coma a little bit. It's a true story. Comes out of a coma a little bit. He calls somebody to come over there to him in his weakened state. He said, would you please turn on the lights? Raise those blinds. Open up those windows. Let some light in here, he said. He said, what I have lived my life for, all of my life I'm about to experience, and I don't want to miss it, he said. Oh, God, give us that kind of heart today. Come on, guys. I want to make sure I see it all. Woo, glory. I'm feeling pretty good about this message. Jesus sails his boat right into a graveyard. You can go there still today and see. Uh, in the fifth century or so, they built uh, a little church right, right up there where Jesus cast that uh, 6,000 demons out. And the ruins of it are still today. The church at Gennesaret uh, is still there today. But be that as it may, he comes in there and the Bible says, now Matthew says there were two men. Matthew, of course, was a tax collector and he's kind of like an auditor. And uh, Luke, when he writes about it, and Mark, when he writes about it, uh, writes about the actions of one of them. There were two demon-possessed men, but Jesus had an encounter with one of them that was extremely unique, so much that God recorded. And the Bible says, this man, buck naked, he was buck naked. Now, for those of you that are watching that are not from the South, that means that he had no clothing on. Not a stitch. That's what the Greek says. And, and in Matthew it says, extremely fierce. And anytime someone would try to come that direction, he would jump out at them and he would try to kill, steal, and destroy. So much, the Bible says, that nobody wanted to go there. Nobody wanted to pass that way because these guys were, were tormented. And then when you read in Matthew, though, and you read over in Luke, you find out why it was that way. It says because this demon had caught him. And there are times when he would possess him. It's an interesting word, the word caught. It comes from a word which means to hold, to seize, to, to control, to capture. It, it, Jesus is just kind of explaining it to us. I can give you the Greek for it if you want it, but I'm just telling you it's the word for it. And, and it just says it would cease. That means that there would be moments when he had sanity. And this had been going on for quite some time now. He must have been a successful man before he gave himself over to something because when Jesus set him free, he said, go back to your house. Go back and tell your friends what's taking place and let the good news go everywhere. He wanted to follow Jesus and Jesus is like, I need somebody uh, that's full of the Holy Ghost to, to just stay here and do it. And so here he's in this uh, condition and the Bible says that he ran to Jesus and fell at his feet. I'm going I'm to give it to you. I've got five minutes, so you've got to get a hold of this. He ran to Jesus. If I read it to you in the original language, it says that he ran and lunged. It's like he got his sanity there for a moment. And instead of screaming, the Bible says he was in the tombs day and night cutting himself and crying. The word crying is a word which means to shriek in pain or in terror or in fear. This guy was traumatized in the area, much less he's in pain himself. Those demons are tormenting him and he's crying out and he's shrieking out. And then somebody might try to come by 
and the devil would just take him all of a sudden and, and he would just begin to uh, possess him. And the, obviously hell had tried to set up kind of a beachfront up there where it kind of had a stronghold. You could look out over the lake, over the sea there of, uh, uh, of, of, of Gennesaret where Jesus had just sailed his boat with his disciples on a very clear night. And suddenly in the middle of that thing, the Bible says a huge storm came up and the waves were uh, about to capsize the boat and they went and woke up Jesus. Y'all know that story? How many of you think anytime the devil's attacking, you ought to just wake up the word? Can I get a better amen? And so he just, they, Peter woke up Jesus. Don't you care that I perish? And Jesus said, oh, you little faith. Oh, it's a word. It's a Greek word, oligopistos. And it just literally means, how come your faith has such a short fuse to it? We were just on the land. I'm multiplying the bread. I'm multiplying the fish. We're filling up the baskets. You're like, woohoo, I'm in the Jesus posse. Let's get in the boat. We all doing all of that. We charismatic. We're all of that. And then the first time a storm comes up, you're like, oh my God. And Jesus says, Oligo pistos. Why didn't your faith last any longer than just a piece of bread? Jesus rebuked the wind and, and the waves and the Bible. It's the exact same word, rebuke there, that it used when he cast out the devil. Uh, I'm fully persuaded that hell had a position and was trying to control that region. Demons do think they have regions. You stick with me through this series as we go along, and I'll show you a lot of things in the Word of God. Thinks they have territory, but the earth's the Lord and the fullness thereof. It's just waiting for the sons of God, the Bible says, to cry out. And so just trying to stop all of that stuff. And he sees this boat coming out there and you can be sure that Jesus is the devil's worst nightmare. And he tries to sink that boat. Jesus rebuked it. Then floated right on up there where the devil was trying to control all of that region from. Jesus gets out and that man is having a moment. He runs, the scripture says, at Jesus and falls at his feet. Uh, the Greek says he lunged at him and he begins to worship him, but the enemy starts trying to take him over and another voice starts coming out and says, Jesus, thou most high, why did you come to torment us before our time? First of all, the disciples never called Jesus, Jesus. They called him Lord. They called him Master. Are you listening to me? They understood who he was. And they understood who he was to them. Now the devil would use the name Jesus because that name had all authority in it. Philippians chapter 2 says. And he would call him the Most High. You and I call him Lord. Can I have a better amen? Amen. The church, the body of Christ would do well to stop using the name of Jesus lightly because demons flee at that name. And you'll never want to desensitize yourself to the most powerful trigger on the greatest weapon that God has ever given mankind, which is the name that's above every name that is named. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the scripture says, this man lunges at Jesus and all of a sudden this demon catches him or seizes him. 
And the Bible says, he says, Jesus, son of the most high, why did you come to torment us? Matthew, it says, why did you come to torment us before the time? Like devil, you got it coming. Why'd you come to torment us? And that word torment means exactly what you think it means. And if you, uh, if you looked at it, it says he begins to plead with Jesus. And that word plead is actually one of the words that we get for the word pray. Listen, I don't know how to say it, but uh, you want to make the devil pray that you turn him loose? You just start magnifying God. It'll be like the first time the devil ever prayed at your house. He'd be like, I'm praying, I get out of here. Let me away from those Holy Ghost people at Abundant Life. They're, they're, they're going to whoop the devil out of us. You got to rise up in Jesus' name. You got to realize God has cram packed some power on the inside of you. Why do you think God gave us the example of Samson? Samson wasn't all muscled up like you saw in the movies. He didn't look like a, an Arnold Schwarzenegger body and all that stuff. Samson was a normal looking guy, but God had placed in him his strength and power. And when he would shake himself to obey the covenant, this anointing would come upon him. Well, you may not have supernatural human strength, but I'd like to tell you, you have supernatural power. Over all, you have that authority over all of the dunamis, the power, the abilities of the devil. And you have power to just walk right over the top. The devil said, we're going to attack him. And you're like, that's my next promotion. That's my step up. You better not mess with my job. I'll own the business before it's over with. Or you can fall back the other way and say, oh, woe is me. It's unfair. Life is treating me so wrong. It shouldn't have been easy way. Wah, wah, wah. Or you can say, wait a minute, I go to Abundant Life Christian Center and here's what the Bible says and I learned it in the Bible. God has put his power and his anointing in us. Greater is he that's in me and when the enemy comes against me like a flood, God will raise a standard up against him and I have the authority to tread on that circumstance that's trying to steal, kill, or destroy. Oh, glory to God. Come on, look at somebody and says, man, you're loaded. Come on, just tell him, you are loaded. You are loaded. He ran and dove and caught him at his feet. He was worshiping. I've always said that's just one of the greatest signals in the scripture that when you worship God, you torment your adversary. Why did you come to torment before our time? Oh, glory to God. Someone say this with me. In the name of Jesus, I say to the tormentor, time's up, devil. Come on, say it again. Time's up, devil. Come on, come up here and help me. Time's up, devil. Get it in your spirit this morning. You have an authority. You have an ability. The Bible says that Jesus had in him, has in him, all the fullness the completion of the Godhead, even bodily, even when he was on earth. He has the fullness. I don't know how God manifested himself in three separate, distinct, eternal ways, but he has. You see it all through the Bible. 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There bears record in heaven that there are three, and the three are one. But Jesus said, when I'm walking in that Christ anointing, you can be sure of one thing. All of the power of the Holy Ghost and all the power and the wisdom of the Father is working in me. And I am cramming that in you when you get in me. If 6,000 demons can get in a human, how much Holy Ghost can get in you? How much Holy Spirit can fill you? How much wisdom from God? How much knowledge from God? How much power from God? All I know is there's a greater anointing in me through Christ than anything that could come against me. And if it becomes a revelation on the inside of you, it changes the way you think, changes the way you talk, changes what you do, changes what you expect and anticipate. Jesus said that man, and I close with this now, Jesus said to that man, that demon starts speaking out of him, and it says he commanded him to come out. It's the only place you see this in the Bible, and I think Jesus illustrated something for us and made us understand. Then Jesus said, what's your name? According to Matthew, he had already commanded him one time to come out. And then that demon starts negotiating. Do I have to go into the abyss? Don't make me go back into the abyss. Can I, can I, can I go somewhere other than that? And Jesus said, what's your name? He said, legion. It's a Roman military term for 6,000, 6,000 soldiers. He said, legion, for we are many. It appears to me, if this is not exactly the way it happened, the Lord can help us understand it on the way up one day. It appears to me Jesus first told that demon to come out, and a demon must have come out. And then another one when he told him, because the word command right there is a word which means he repetitively said, come out, come out. Come out. That demon was talking. Come out. I think one demon was coming out. Two demons were coming out. Three demons were coming out. And Jesus said, wait, time out. What's your title? If you read that when he says, what's your name? It's the word like, what's your title? Because there are ranks of demons, the Bible says. And this guy was a principality. He said, uh, there's 6,000 of us in here because my name is Legion. And there are many of us. And Jesus said, well, good. I want to make sure they knew at Abundant Life Christian Center that there may be some that come against you, but I'm going to cram, pack you full of the power and the anointing of God, and there will always be more for you than there are against you. And then the Lord said to him, well, I don't care if your name is Legion Squared times nine. You coming out. And the Bible says he had to leave then. I think God did that so we would understand that. Some only go through prayer and fasting. But I think you are powering up the anointing on the inside of you when you do that, see. And you're loosing things. Because the greater one lives in you. Paul said, oh, that we could know the height in the, to the church at Ephesus and the depth and the width and the breath of what God has packed on the inside of you. Oh, he said, if we could understand it. If we could just understand that. Then we would get the next verse that says, 
Now unto Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. What you don't know will limit you. What you do know will loose you. Oh, hallelujah. What you don't know, which is the enemy's plan to try to bind you up, it can definitely limit you. But what you do know in Christ will cause you to break the bands, break the fetters, knock off the limitations, see yourself from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head filled with the power and the wisdom and the glory and the anointing of God. No wonder, no wonder Paul meant it when he said, well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. Where's your strength come from? Where's your help come from? You just depending on old numero uno? Or you're saying, no, 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 I must decrease. Woo, but he's going to increase. He's going to get bigger and stronger in my life every day. My marriage is not going to fail. My marriage is going to succeed. And we're going to be, we're going to be like a joyful army. Our home will be. Where we make plans constantly to manifest the kingdom of God and to defeat the kingdom of darkness. No, we're not a place of doubt, unbelief, suspicion, fear. No, no, no. We're a place of faith, hope, joy, love, expectation, power and anointing, vision, purpose, divine purpose in everything we do. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.